Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening around the world. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Alexander, and you're listening to another episode of Ivy Exec Insights, a weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and join our growing executive network. The topic of today's session is uh, overcoming misconceptions about executive level material with our special guest, Anish Majumdar, career coach and hidden job market expert. Over the past 12 years, uh, he has helped thousands of people around the world take uh, the reins of their professional destinies and break free from uh, off job search hell permanently. Check out his uh, free career videos and training at helloanish.com and connect with him on LinkedIn to receive daily career tips and advice that actually work. In today's session, we'll discuss about what specific skills and traits does the executive level material requires, overcoming misconceptions about what it takes to be considered executive level material is critical to success, and how demonstrating potential through leadership opportunities and relationship building can help job seekers position themselves for executive position. Welcome, Anish. What's going on, man? Thank you so much for uh, for having me here. It's great. It's great to catch up with you again. I know we did a bunch of webinars yes, uh, for yes. our audience, <laughs> and this is a great opportunity to uh, present your knowledge uh, to even broader audience and uh, even broader pool of uh, job seekers, executive talent, etc. So for those who haven't actually participated in uh, your webinars, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, about your professional experience and career path? Yeah, you know, you did a you did a wonderful job um, <clears throat> kind of giving everyone like the 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 broad stroke. So uh, uh, I will say um, what I do as a career coach uh, now, you know, thir- you know, going in onto this 13th year, it, it seems to me fundamentally to be a question of um, increasing the amount of freedom and the amount of fulfillment and peace people see. And especially when it comes to this topic here, uh, I, I would say I have a real special connection to it because before I coached person one, uh, my pathway before that, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, I was an actor in my twenties. Uh, then I moved in and became a, a journalist. I became a novelist and all of these things, uh, were opportunities that I generated kind of on my own. And it, I was obsessed for a long period of time with saying to myself, either, how do I speak the language of executives? Who are they? Are they actually people from a different planet? Are they different human beings? It, sometimes it certainly felt that way. Uh, but I certainly have spent many years trying to sort of like crack the code of that. And uh, I'm happy to say that, I, and one of the things I, I wanna hope to express in, in, the, in our conversation is that one of the most surprising things I learned in that journey and now also having coached like 2,500 other people through it, you know, to getting out of this sort of job search thing, uh, is that you don't have to be a different person. You know, you don't actually have to uh, throw who you are out and become this like off the shelf executive person. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. In, in some sense, this whole thing seems to be about finding ways to bring, let's say, Alexander's magic, to bring your magic there, to communicate that which is unique about you, you know? Um, so, uh, so hopefully I can provide a little bit of hope also to people who have been like, like me banging their heads against the wall, uh, 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 wondering like, what's wrong with me? Like, you know, what did I do? 
it's rarely you, you know, it, it, but it, it usually is a communication uh, brand and, and uh, logistics issue. Right, right. And uh, the sole reason behind this episode, so we have conducted recently a webinar. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, you can do it on iVexec uh, uh, website. The secret code of executive hiring, go check it out. We also have the upcoming event on March 16th. Be sure to uh, register and attend that one as well, as it's going to be great. Uh, but we have actually spoken about executive materials uh, in our previous webinar. And some of the questions we have received, unfortunately, we didn't have enough time to address them, but they gave us a, this perfect opportunity con to connect and discuss about them. So one of the questions would be, what are some uh, common misconceptions about what it takes to be considered actually an executive material? Yeah, that's that's a, a, a great question. Um, the first thing that immediately comes to mind is to is the is to really fight the inclination you're going to have to say I need more training, I need more education, I see people on this path, they have this. In fact, here's what I would say. Rather than saying, okay, people on this path have all of these sets of training, whether it's an MBA, this training, whatever, ask yourself this, how can I differentiate, right? If everyone has that, it's it, most of the time, if you're on that path, it's limited impact. And, and if everyone has it, you can usually get it after the role. Instead, ask yourself this, if there's any training or anything that you should, that you should be taking or interest, what's divergent? What's like very surprising? What's coming from a totally different industry or a totally different perspective? That will help you differentiate. And when we're talking about making this pivot to the executive like level, differentiation matters a heck of a lot more than saying, oh, you look the same as, as 50 other people. That game is usually not going to work for someone who's also just going into the executive level because there's always people who have more training than you. You know, it's not it's not one that you can that you can win. So I would say if you're going to focus on training, if you're going to focus on any education or, or, or think, look at look at it as what's disruptive, what can come in there and really sort of challenge the status quo or give you a really unique playing card. Um, the other one uh, that I'll that I'll hear a lot is uh, this thing that you know unless you're already an executive, you're not going to get an executive role. Um, what we have found and what we've seen in coaching people over and over again is that uh, the role comes based on the pain that you've identified at a company, the commitment that both of you have towards solving it, and the severity of it, the agreed severity of it. So if I'm chatting with you and let's say um, I think that the problems we have are kind of manageable tech issues, and I'm like, all right, we need a basic run-of-the-mill IT manager. Fine, I'll go out and, and and hire for that. But if in talking with you and and having a discussion with you, you're you're able to help me see that this is far more than that. These are actually strategic technology and growth-oriented challenges that need to be addressed. And now you're someone who can actually help me do that. Well, then, okay. Now, in order to solve that, you have a, a rationale to say, based on the level of these problems, this is much more of a you know, CTO role, whatever. It's it's much more of a of a higher level. So, in other words, you're you're using uh, the um, the pain 
and the severity of that to link to the role. What people do is they'll do the opposite. They'll say, oh, okay, you know, I want to go out there. I want to be a VP. Let me turn myself into a VP and then say all of the VP things. You know what I mean? Right, your whole right. your whole thing should should really be focused on uh, on that. The last one I'm, I'm just going to say is, is uh, executives uh, at the end of the day are leaders and leaders are people who take ownership at the end of the day. Uh, people who take more ownership of what they see, what they identify than anyone else. That's what, that's what an executive really is, you know? And so if you're doing that, and if you're probably listening to this podcast also, I would say you probably already know what I'm talking about in terms of you're probably already, already exceeding expectations. You're probably already putting out more than anyone, including your boss, will ever see. You know what I mean in terms of in terms of that. So understand, most of you already have that ownership piece. So why not also um, capitalize and leverage that, right? Like towards a better outcome. Right. All right. And uh, just to follow up on that, how can a job seeker? Uh, let's take myself, uh, for instance, in go about identifying and overcoming my own or their own uh, misconceptions about uh, executive level material. So you mentioned the uh, determining challenges, identifying pain points, uh, education. Uh, what are some other uh, also uh, key pillars, so to say, that we need to identify and overcome in order to you know grow as an executive level material? Yeah, uh, I think um, impact is the name of the game when it comes to when it comes to the high levels. Uh, there's zero interest in 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 regurgitating job postings, etc. So what I would say, simple, simple, simple. Any anyone can do this. Okay. First off, I want you to to take a hard look at your career and start writing down everything, not from a from a place of these are the projects I had or these are the skills, but I want you to ask yourself, what was the bottom line result? How did the company change? Like ultimately, what was the ripple effect of what me and my people did on that? And I want you to write that down. I want you to do that through your entire career, have as many of those impact-driven things that you have. So A, you have a little bit of psychological ballast going there. Second, another thing that anyone can do, you don't have to make all of this up from scratch. So Research the competition, especially uh, two to three levels up from you. Um, LinkedIn can be heavily used for that. Um, you can put in industries that you're targeting. You can put in uh, job titles or, or keywords that represent some of your biggest skills. Look for ones that are actually starting to intimidate you. Look at their pathway. Take a look at their keywords. You can literally... Uh, if you look at the top three or 5%, there's a bunch of lessons you, anyone can draw that says, oh, okay, this is basically how my keywords need to be organized. Okay, this is basically where I want to go in terms of branding and positioning myself. I'm not saying be generic to that, right? What I am saying, though, is understand you want your unique value to operate within a larger accepted structure, and that right. structure will be identified by people, not by job postings. Maybe the last thing uh, I would say Probably the hardest thing for most people, but it, it will get you there the fastest. How about just setting up a couple of calls and conversations with executive leaders without you having any objective whatsoever? Aside from this, I would like to take a little bit of time. I, I admire the journey. I'd like to understand the decisions, and I'd like to better appreciate that. That's it. If you if if you have the courage to literally do that, and boy oh boy, are you going to find people? Everyone loves to be to be thought of that way. Everyone loves to be seen in that way. If you do that, I promise you, have five conversations like that. 
it will blow the doors open both on what you think you can do and your limitations there. And it will get you to open up, you know, it'll get you to, again, look at all of this as just, it's just business. And this is just people, you know what I mean? Like the normalization right. of this is very, very important. Right. Right. And, uh, okay. We, so we talked a little bit about, uh, uh misconceptions, but, uh, what about a specific, uh, skills and traits uh, that are most important for success in an executive role? Uh, I would say uh, really trusting your intuition uh, above everything else. Uh, you know, I, I, we teach a full strategy for people to do it, but I'm always telling people strategy systems are there for when your own intuition fails. So when you're talking about, about um, uh going out there, regardless of what your plan is or all of that, if you're getting a weird sense, if you're getting something that in the pit of your stomach or you're picking up on something, understand that that's coming from all the learned experience of your professional life. So I would encourage you, when I say trust your intuition, I don't just mean silently listen to it. I mean right. act on it. So, so if there's a doubt that you have, an executive doesn't sit on that. An executive doesn't say, I'm going to offset that or I'm going to internalize that. We stop, we pause, and I would like to get a little bit of clarity there. Not from a place of judging you, but I need to get some clarity. So every time that happens, you really want to get into the habit of trusting and not being afraid to disrupt a conversation or stop or completely redirect. Uh, practice being a 50-50 partner in the conversations that you have. One of the biggest differences between, quote unquote, when we all started out working and what's sort of expected at the executive level is they're not expecting you to be passive. So uh, what can you do to open up and start looking at all interviews as a real conversation? What I found, thinking almost pr predominantly through the lens of questions and figuring out what information can I, can I identify here, that tends to help me stay focused. But above all, I'm never, ever, ever just like, and this takes some relearning, you know, I'm never, ever right. just giving an answer and waiting around. So 50-50 is the name of the game. I don't care whether you're talking with a hiring manager, whether you're talking to a CEO, this is a back and forth. And that means value is exchanged equally, right? And so fighting that, that natural inclination we have to say, boss, man, boss, man, you know, help me. That's probably one of the, 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 the hardest things, you know, you're, right. you got to think like a boss, man, even when you're not a boss, man, you know, um, the, uh, uh, the last one I would say is, uh, be willing to be open, more open than you think about your targeting. Okay. So, uh, when you're looking to make this leap, make that a major priority. And what I mean by that is don't hamstring yourself by saying, okay, uh, you know, I'm five years overdue to make this like VP or SVP jump, but I also only want to work with high growth companies that are, have this valuation and are avoiding this to stop. If you have one goal and it's that, and you haven't been able to do it, that's your only goal. And, and, and maybe instead of looking at your own lens of five industries, why don't you say any industry that might be relevant? Why don't you say any leader that might be relevant and help me get there and make a decision when you have offers on the table? The number one thing that I see holding back promising people is they, is they overanalyze, they overthink, and they cut away promising opportunities because they think they're being judicious, but it's just insecurity. You don't want to go out there. You don't want to test yourself. You don't want to be exposed as having uh, no pants on. But but guess what? An executive, a true leader, faces that situation 50 times a day. So you may as well get used to it now. You know what I'm saying? 
Right. So basically, uh, this might sound a little controversial, but having a specific and direct, uh, direct mindset is sort of better than having a certain set of skills. Yeah, is, definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely because, so, because the skills the skills can be can be created, but it's like an executive, you know, a CEO, right. first CEO I worked with. He said, for me, it's about knowing enough to be dangerous and knowing enough to make the decisions. It, it, that's different right. than saying I need to have all the information. He's like, I rely on people in my team to provide the necessary information. But what they trust me to do is to pull the trigger, right, is to pull the trigger when I don't have everything to trust intuition learning my process and who I am to say, okay, I'm going to take ownership of this. And wherever the knife falls, I take responsibility for that. That's really what an executive is. I mean, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's that person who's willing to do that. Right. Um, right, so, so if you, if you demonstrate that in the interview process, if you demonstrate that when you're getting to know someone, like for example, if it's very clear that the reason that uh, I, I was working, I'm working with someone right now who's in biotech, he, he, um, has spent so long trying to get an opportunity, the next opportunity, uh, and he's been told that, hey, you got to play out business development, all of this, that, I, that you look at his brand. And I'm like, you know, Andy, the problem with this is it's all, this is like a salesperson, you know? But, and, and what I want to know is, what, like, why are you in biotech? What was the purpose? What's the mission there, you know? Right. And allowing him to settle that down and allowing him to talk a little bit about that, allowing him to, to, to say, yes, this is why I decided to spend 20 years in this. This is why I want to see, you know, you know, people move forward. That's a license that, um, you really want to give yourself, you know, you want to, you want to start challenging those aspects of what you're doing that are about like watching your back or coming from a place of insecurity and really asking yourself, you know, like, um, what are those elements of me? What are those elements of, of, of what I bring to the table that will allow me to see what I'm identifying, whatever the situation is, and ask myself if I was already working there and if I was personally responsible for everything that I'm identifying, what would I say right now? What would I do right now, right? That will give you a, an enormous leg up uh, in, in all of this because people who seem qualified, but just stay on the surface. Like they just seem non-committal, you know, they don't want to risk too much. That's a huge reason people get rejected, right. From, from opportunities, right, right left and center, you know, um, ownership will solve that. Right. So no matter, I mean, skills are teachable. Traits are teachable. You can always uh, develop a new skill. You can always learn a new skill, but, uh, having a right mindset and, you know, having your thoughts in one place and saying, I'm going to make it from point A to point B. I don't care. I need this. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to get it. It's something that is very, very, uh, I agree, very important. And for someone who has, uh, oh, let's take a little bit of a step back for someone who, for example, has a right mindset, but uh, uh, wants to develop uh, uh, for example, or demonstrate certain set of skills or traits, how can uh, those uh, types of job seekers uh, go about uh, those, uh, you know, learning of new skills that uh, executives are actually looking for? Yeah, I, I think uh, that's a great question. I think I think just to to tap off the final one, I think the, what you said about the mindset is 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 absolutely mm -hmm. right. I, I would also say though, beyond the the go go after it part. 
uh, activate your critical eye. So I'm not saying su- don't don't I'm not saying suppress your skills or your capabilities, but use it in a different way. In other words, instead of trying to say how can I like promote my skills, ask yourself what do you know based on these companies that you've been a part of and utilizing your skills that would allow you, for example, to ask the types of questions to really figure out is this the type of company you want to be a part of? To really figure out what are they doing in this sense? What are the numbers in this sense? Right? It's an active way to utilize that, and and that's going to happen from a confidence place, but also from a place of allowing yourself to be a little judgmental, a little evaluative, right? Uh, That people have to see that right from the beginning, because otherwise it's kind of like you have no standards. And that's a huge, huge, huge red flag when we're talking about someone who's trying to take responsibility there. Now, in terms of this, uh, again, let me just reinforce this. What will get you there is confidence in what you do and the way that you do it. Everything that I'm saying here is a secondary expression of that. If you are not thinking in terms of that, none of this is really going to work for you. But what I will say is reinventing that brand so you're not sending out any desperate signals, any job seeker signals. Uh, a, a big giveaway is when I see people saying, I've got 20 plus years of experience. Like You don't know what the hell you want, right? Uh, or when I see people with a LinkedIn headline that has job titles in that, come on, figure out, figure out what you stand for, figure right. out what your point of view is okay so the whole brand of yours i should be able to see in five seconds what's the bigger mission that you're trying to solve or what's the big elephant in the room why the hell should i even be caring about who you are and anything that i see in your resume or experience there better not be one freaking sentence in there that i can see in monster and indeed because dude i'm not looking to, to work with second rate like that okay so and let me just say this for those of you listening who are unable to do that you need to work with someone now, okay? And and when we're talking about this, I'm not saying yesterday, now, you need to make that change because there's no way you're gonna trial and error that, okay? So reinventing that brand so you're actually taken seriously. Um, and yeah, that might mean more than just listening to a free Ivy exec podcast, would be very important. Uh, reinventing the way that you talk to people. Um, We've talked a little bit about about moving through questions. I also want to want to really challenge. Stop wasting time talking with people who are not helping you. Okay, I don't want you wasting time talking with peers. Alexander, I don't want you wasting time talking with people who has the same skill set as you. Okay, I want you talking with people who intimidate you, people who bring in new light. So a huge thing is to be very, very protective now of your time. If you are taking time on the clock, there is no such thing as you just getting to know someone for the sake of getting to know them. Okay. What is the goal? What are you trying to identify? How can you start helping them? If those things are not met, there's no reason for you to proceed. And if you do that and there's nothing on your call calendar, you have got to start there, right? And there's no there's no way around that. There's no way for me to sugarcoat that for you, okay? We talked about impact and problems, right? Uh, the last thing I would say is you decide whether or not you want to go backwards. For many of you, you could absolutely secure a much higher level role, but you're still sort of sucking the teat of uh, that role that no longer works for you, but you don't want to give up anything. You don't want to you don't want to give up the role even though it doesn't work. You don't want to give up the hybrid working situation and you don't want to spend any time making any of these changes. You want someone to give it onto your lap. Well, for for those people, maybe you need to leave that job. Maybe you need to do something really drastic to force yourself into a death zone where you either move forward with this or you don't or it's never going to work because look, at the end of the day, all of this, the thing that we're not talking about, you got to have some faith in you and you have to have more faith in you than anybody else. And if they, you don't have that, there's no way that that's going to be communicated. So I would say, what are you doing right now? 
to build that faith. What are you doing right now? Who are you speaking with that's actually doing it? If you're married to someone who's tearing that away, maybe it's time to divorce them, right? If you're if you're if you're talking to a therapist and they're making you feel like crap and they're making you feel like low, maybe it's time to fire them, right? right. These are decisions that a leader makes. And you don't need the role to give yourself permission to do this stuff. You can all you need to really be thinking about is if I already had that. If I already had that role for the last 5 years, what would my life look like right now? And what are the changes I can make that do not require the permission of that freaking role? That's what you've got to be thinking about. Everything around the role. And and I will t- I can tell you this right now. I can tell in a five-minute conversation when someone is not going to be able to do this because they're not willing to do any of that. They're not willing to change anything except complaining about what they don't have. But that's 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 98% of the job force. That's not the 2% that we're talking to here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of those um, uh, sort of, say, status quo hold-ons, uh, we Yes, mentioned, it's a good way to say it. <laughs> yeah, we, we mentioned uh, uh, in the previous question about those just uh, surfa- uh, surface dwellers staying just above the surface enough uh, to feel comfortable. And I think this question will fit perfectly into the tone that we have. We have received a couple of different variations, but ultimately the same message Mm. was uh, asked. And that is how can job seekers overcome a history of being overlooked and (laughs) undervaluated for executive positions? Yeah, I, I think I think I think really um, starting with your first impression, by which I mean nowadays, you know, that's partly when I meet you. But most of the time, it's either LinkedIn resume or something like that. You really want to start there and really um, focus on changing that first impression into one that is based around either a process, uh, a mission or some or some higher umbrella way that would absorb any your career aspirations right now, but are not limited by it. That's the that's the key to trust when it comes to the first impression right now is that, okay, maybe we work together in a business capacity. But in order for you to find out that it is essential that I, I, I buy you as someone who wants something more than just closing business with an ish. Otherwise, I'm ne- you're never going to get there. That's what I mean in terms of um, thinking about that, that first impression. How can you establish trust? How can you, uh, yes, like we said, study competitors to, to have a little bit of that drifting ability there so that you're sending some of those same signals? But most importantly, how can you differentiate? How can you differentiate from these people who don't get it, right? Like the people who are just blasting out uh, their resumes or trading skills. So that would be really, 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 I think, I think, I think very key. Um, Adding value from uh, the very first interaction you have, regardless of what the objective is, uh, is 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 a huge huge marker that we're talking with someone who has uh, that kind of that kind of power. So let, let me give you an example. So I want everyone listening to this to think, okay. If I was, you know, a partner to a business, I got twenty percent equity stake in this thing. Uh, um, how do I? How would I how would I go into this conversation? Okay, well, what are things that you might need to get out of this conversation that are beyond a role, but that you could galvanize around? So let me give you an example. So instead of saying the only reason I'm building these relationships right with these executives is because I really need an executive role. Well, that is all dependent on something that's out of your control. But if I say this, after I have these five conversations, 
I, on next Monday, I have a conversation with Alexander, a highly placed leader here. But if I have these conversations and I'm able to assess and identify what's going on here and, and start helping to the, whatever, whatever happens here, I'm going to collect insider information that I can then leverage to either add pressure to, contrast, and further make it easier for me on that Monday, on that Tuesday, on that Wednesday. So I don't actually need you to give me an offer or follow up or identify all of that. What I need to do is I need to focus on goals that are going to give me a payback, that are going to help me achieve that goal that I can focus on that are beyond the offer, that are beyond that outcome. So I would also say shorten what your expected outcome is, right? Yes, the offer is what you want, but you can't go into interaction one saying, please, please, I need an offer, right? So ask yourself, what are the goals for this interaction? Focus on that. Think about the next thing when you're at the follow-up. What are the goals for this follow-up? Don't worry about that offer, right? Uh, I know that's hard to do, uh, it, it is a learned skill, okay? But that will really, really, really help you also to project a little bit of, a, of that different signal, right? The signal is, I'm interested in you, I'm interested in what's going on here, but I let's be very, very clear, uh, there's no begging going on. There's no asking going on. If you if you make a decision to work with me and I make a decision to work with you, fantastic. And if we don't, I'm going to do my best to help you. And if not, we'll go our separate ways, right? There's no passion here in some sense, right? It is right. just, it's business, right? So these are all things I think that, uh, and and maybe one other thing, um, following up, uh, uh, you know, we mentioned this in the webinar, uh, it has got to be based on pain uncovered. It cannot be about you. It cannot be about your experience. That might have even gotten you in the door at the beginning, but it is essential, right? There's no serious offer coming if in the first engagement you're not able to to, to move the conversation into what actually is hurting them. Because if that's not there uh, – there's no meaningful way to follow up. There's no meaningful way to add pressure. It, it, and it, it all sorts to sort of seem like, okay, the only reason Alexander is following up with me is because he wants a freaking job. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, great. You know, but that's not going to help us here. Right. So uh, right. just a couple of things that might uh, uh, minimize the corporate BS verbiage. That's another thing I might say, you know, like you don't have to talk like a different person, talk simple, right? Uh, someone with no experience of your industry should be able to look at anything you're putting out and the way that you speak and they should be able to get the major gist of what you do, okay? So for those of you who are hiding behind like IT industry speak, engineering industry speak, you're just shooting yourself in the foot, right? Because the people who are gonna deliver the, the roles to you are not gonna be freaking engineers, man, you know? So you've got to talk simple, 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 okay? And if you're unable to do that, it's time to spend time asking yourself why the heck you're in this business, why you're doing what you're doing, because I promise you, you're gonna be challenged on that, right? And if you don't have an answer beyond, I just need a better job, you're not gonna get this, and you don't deserve it. You know, like, you, you shouldn't be, uh, right. you shouldn't have a leadership role, you know, if, if you can't get beyond self-interest. And I mean, if you can't get beyond self-interest in every part of this process, that's what it's all about is not giving away the self-interest card, but having a strategy that allows you to represent, advocate, do what you need to do, and thereby get the, get the outcome if it's at all possible. And if it's not, you got information, you got an amazing relationship, they actually kind of owe you something, and we're moving on, right? Either way, you can't lose, you know? That's, it's, that's a big, it's a big part of what we focus on in our, in our business is, you know, helping people to legitimize all of this activity beyond just, I'm only doing this for the role, you know, so that again, right. you can live in this a little bit, a little bit better.
Right. And uh, speaking of, uh, you know, creating interaction and going about making strategies, growing relationship, uh, relationships, uh, uh, what would you say, what are some uh, strategies uh, for building those relationships with senior executives and how can they help advance uh, one's career? I think um, uh, respect and admiration. Uh, mm -hmm. It sounds very obvious, but, you know, in my journalism days, that's how uh, I was able to get access to people who normally, you know, wouldn't provide access to. Right. When it comes to when it comes to this side, the inclination here is when I get in intimidated, I want to lead with the things that are most impressive. But you got to fight that. OK, what you want to do is you want to start by really honestly asking yourself, what is interesting about this person? What is there to love? I actually ask myself that when I before I jump on a call, what, what is there to love about this person? Right. What's what's unique? What, what's interesting? How did how did you do this? And, and above everything else, before I go into business, before I go into pain or anything like that, I want to really radiate that genuine interest there in, in, in terms of what you're doing, what that level is. Now, a big thing that'll help is for you to actually target high-level people that kind of intimidate you, right? Because if you don't have that, you're not going to be really excited. You're just going through the motions, right? No, go for people who actually scare you a little bit. So um, really communicating that respect and admiration, I think, is very, very key. I think um, demonstrating an ability to both adapt quickly on the fly. In other words, you're not excessively rigid in one way of thinking. You can entertain multiple ways of thinking. And also that you yourself have a skill in inviting new ideas, challenging new ideas, opening it. That's very, very important because most leaders I know at that level, it's this, they don't want to work with people who are just like them, but they definitely want to work with people who can challenge and bring their points of view to stir new information, new insights. It's not about what you identify or the value of what's of what's identified through the challenge. It's the dynamic that you're establishing, right? So uh, definitely early on in a conversation, don't be afraid to do that. I literally will look for two or three moments uh, when I'm building a relationship, especially at this level, to specifically challenge, to specifically even disagree, right? Just so you also know that it's going to be this back and forth thing. That's probably, you know, uh, the most important thing. Strong personalities at the executive level will have a tendency to steamroll you, right? They'll have a tendency to own the room, suck all the air out, monologue you, but that's not going to help, right? The right. best way, The best way to address that, right, is not to try to compete with that. Look for those two or three moments. Look for those moments. Just listen with everything that you've got. And and as you're figuring out a discrepancy here, can I just stop you for one second? Let's back up here, right? You mentioned X five minutes ago, and now you're telling me that the marketing strategy is Y, but based on everything that I've seen, that I don't see how those two things jibe at all. So you tell me what, what we're what we're missing here, right? Um, it's this it's this willingness to, to really treat it not like a debate, but to treat it like, look, you don't have uh, 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 the 100% uh, ownership of the truth and neither do I, okay? We have to find that together, right? And you have inaccuracies, so do I, that are only gonna be cleared through honest dialogue one-on-one, -on -one, right? Respect goes into exploration, exploration goes into pain, and pain with the respect and all of these things establishes a place of trust that allows you to dialogue about how are we going to solve that. And I, and I will tell you guys, you know, we teach people how to negotiate offers and all of that, but every company, every client is different. But here's the thing. You don't have to be an expert at negotiating an executive role to do any of this stuff. You have to lead the situation to this 
point that we're talking about. After that, dude, put your hands up, sip a Mai Tai, and just keep standing for what you've identified and, and keep make that, making that decision. In terms of, look, ultimately, it's your decision. If you're the company, you can always say no. But what I want to make sure is if you say no, there's a part of you that is always going to be wondering, if I had hired a niche specifically, I think that there might have been something there, I'll never know, that only he could have delivered, right? That's right. that's executive. That's an executive role right there, right? That right there is what you want to go after. Right, right. And uh, one thing that uh, I've learned uh, just from previously listening to your webinars or working with you, uh, listening to you speak is that the most important thing, I, I wouldn't say most important thing, but very important thing uh, actually is networking. So can you elaborate a little bit how important is networking in securing an executive level position and what are some strategies for networking effectively? Yeah, this is a great question. I think, um, you know, I would say as a general rule, and then and I'll just sort of dive into the specifics, I think that no matter how busy you are or what your current job is or anything like that, I think at a minimum, maybe 10 to 15% of your working time should probably be spent on building new relationships and 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 keeping your sort of finger on the pulse there. That would be the greatest insurance policy also that, that you could give yourself. Now, when it comes to this, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I have a bad association with the word networking. You know, for me, it's 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 like you got to be like this type A guy who's like you know schmoozing, and I've you know it's not me. So the the way I, I've always looked at it was, you know, Anish, uh, you you have no trust in these companies, you have no trust in these big boys and all this other stuff. So, but everything good in my life came from actually individuals. Like you are someone really good and beneficial in my life. Uh, my wife, all these people, right? So I said, okay, number one, I'm gonna trust that. Um, the outcomes that are best for me are going to be discovered through people, not through third parties. So that was the first thing. And then the second one was uh, in building these relationships, um, I want to be completely open. I want to I want to bring my full um, personal and work self. That means there are no divisions there. That means if we're talking about stuff and, I, and, and it's relevant, I can bring in anything. So I'm bringing my whole self there from number one. I'm not leaving anything out. And above all, uh, I am, and I think this is probably the most important thing to keep establishing that trust. Above all, people know that whether you like me, you don't like me, whatever it is, you know that the reason I'm fired up, the reason I might push you, the reason I'm I'm doing this call, right, is because there is a burning desire in me to change as much of this as possible. And as long as you trust that, there's going to be plenty of places for us to go. But here's the thing. Most people, they go, they go too light on that. They're afraid of showing that. They're afraid of revealing why they're a nerd about this, like why they invested freaking six years, you know, at MIT and then jumping into this stuff. You know what I mean? They, they want to be cool. They want to be calm, right? Don't be cool, all right? That's probably my, 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 the, the thing that has helped me so much. Don't be cool, okay? Be open, um, right. share, share your truth and ask for help. A lot of the roles that I've gotten, uh, especially at the high level, um, have come because I've identified some of this, but uh, I knew maybe there was more, but I didn't know. So I, I, I flat out was like, look, here's what I see. 
You tell me, right? And a lot of times, you know, you think that you have to like win over this person. You got to make this person your ally, okay? Whatever happens, you got to make this person your ally. And the way that you're going to make them an ally is A, by knowing that that you respect who they are regardless of what happens. And B, you, you adhere to these things of saying, okay, you're going to see my full truth. I'm going to treat you with full accountability. And any advice, anything I give you truly, and I truly mean this, is coming from a no strings attached place. This is probably the hardest thing is to understand that uh, for the people that you're meant to work with, they're not, no matter what information you provide them, as long as you stop short of specifically solving their issues, they will demand nothing less than working with you. So you don't have to worry about oversharing. You don't have to worry. I know there's this paranoia about like, oh, you know, I'm going to share my ideas at company X and they're going to steal it. Well, yeah, so what? But ideas are cheap. You know what I mean? Execution is what it's all about. You don't have to worry about that. Spread your ideas, right? Spread that. Spread that influence. Start applying it towards what you're seeing. And that will really, really, really um, foster this kind of give and take uh, and that kind of, you know, really unique trust. Because what we're talking about here with executives, what we're really talking about is we're trying to establish trust at a high level and try to move to an outcome faster than we might under normal circumstances, right? Maybe it would take you six months, a year of casually eating and blah, 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 blah to, to get somewhere, right? We're speeding that up. And the way to speed that up is not through being Mr. Salesy. It's through being Mr. Human, Mr. Mr. Vulnerable. And, um, Probably the most scary thing is like always being willing to take an extra step to connect with you, to communicate a message with you, to let you know I think that's a mistake. It's that extra step, you know. It's 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 that right there, that caring and that extra moment that says, hey, you know what? I know we talked and you were pretty clear about the fact that you guys want to go in a direction. Awesome. Uh, I took about three or four notes here, uh, based on that. I'm just sharing it with you guys. Run with it. Do what you need to do. That's a freaking executive leader, okay? Because that's a guy who's not only going to get that role. This guy over here is like, shit, dude. I kind of, I owe you something, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I owe you something really major here, right? And that's that spirit of abundance and giving that really marks a leader. A leader is generous in that, in that, in that way, you know. And that generosity, if you can focus on that when you're building relationships. I promise you, you're going to be the best conversation that this person has had all week. Right. And to follow up on that, I mean, we uh, very, very touch point on everything that uh, an executive leader should possess. And going back to uh, at the beginning, we uh, spoke about having a certain mindset to it, mm -hmm. but uh, what are some of the common mistakes that uh, job seekers are uh, make actually when trying to position themselves for an executive position? Uh, one, of the, one of the big ones that, that, uh, that I've seen and I continue to see um, is, the, is this idea that, okay, um, I got a long history. It's a little too long to make sense of. So let me just chop out this stuff that's irrelevant. Let me chop out that. So in other words, making these kinds of self-editing things about your career instead of, and, and this is very, very important, um, as you go higher up, we talked about ownership of problems identified, but it, the ownership thing also extends to you. Uh, everything that you decide is so unimportant in your career that you hide it. That's a vulnerability for you, whether you realize it or not. That's going to be hard for you to defend. All sorts of problems. So number one, the strongest defense you have is to take an option of representing 
your career, your background from as fully fledged a, a perspective as possible. So if you ask yourself, okay, not from a possession of skills, but from that thing that we're talking about, my process, my mission. Now, if I think about it as a mission, not just me trying to break into the IT industry, now can I say that stuff I did in graphic arts, that graphic design uh, work that I did, heck, even that theater work that I did, right? Is there a relevancy there? I know, I know for me, uh, the the big reason that I was able to succeed as a career coach, you know, we'll use like automation. We have all these software things, but really what the first thing that gave me an advantage was all the behavioral stuff I learned from all of those years, auditioning, gaining work, being lo- mm-hmm. you know, losing work as an actor, being able to move it here. Th- that behavioral element gave me that massive edge, right? So, so really think about not deleting those things, but understand also everything in your history does not need the same amount of attention or focus, right? So I can own all of my history, but it can be as simple as a three-line career note at the beginning that just summarizes like the three biggest relevant takeaways, right? You can still own something and only highlight or relevant uh, the, the, the parts of that that are relevant to your current mission, right? Without that being a vulnerability. And that's a much stronger play ultimately than um, hiding. Avoid hiding at all costs, okay? Like, like you're going to be challenged enough um, on this journey. You don't want to add through that with with BS that you feel insecure about. If you feel insecure about it, it's time to talk about it. It's time to get some help with it, get some therapy, do whatever you need to do, right? I mean, like, like, but you cannot go in there with self-imposed little vulnerabilities thinking people are not going to identify that. It, you know, if I'm working with you, we're talking about a six or potentially seven figure role where you have massive, massive responsibility over this mission that has been my life's work for the, for the last 20 years. Alexander, I'm asking you absolutely everything under the sun. Okay. And I'm right. challenging absolutely. And you should, you should be prepared for that and you should be prepared right. to meet that with a degree of grace. Right. Right. Certainly. And moving from career history to career future, uh, mm. what are some <laughs> of <good>. the <laughs> yeah, what are some of the emerging trends that you have seen in executive hiring and that job uh, seekers uh, should be aware of? the uh, the utilization and the advancement of uh, software and automation to start taking care of outreach messaging has certainly been a big one. Uh, that's been a huge change for us uh, in our old days, believe it or not, you know we're talking about the real things that hold people back. One of the biggest ones. Uh, you should drive me crazy was literally trying to tell someone, okay, we did everything here. You got to hit enter on LinkedIn a couple of hundred times, a couple of thousand times the right people. And they just wouldn't do it because every single one of those things was like a, 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 a massive, you know, you know, emotional thing. So de-emotionalizing it, uh, uh, I, I think is 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 uh, is a really big one. Now, LinkedIn Snap program, which 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 uh, is brand new, I think is a development that very few people know about, but I think is is very important. So, what LinkedIn has done is rather than up until like last year, they took this thing that said, okay, if you're a software provider like our software mm-hmm. provider is, and you're you know leveraging LinkedIn and doing all this stuff, we're gonna find ways to make sure that it's responsible and then clamp you down. And eventually, what they got to this year, very exciting, and and we're a part of this, is they said, look, for a certain number uh, uh, of these providers, we'll 
you can develop it in-house. You have to do it fully in line with all of our standards, but the benefit you get is everything is above ground, everything is visible, everything that you do, all the outreach, it's approved, and that's the SNAP program, right? So oh, wow. so this has been a huge, huge uh, sea change that has been going on. Uh, it's certainly one that we've personally been pulling our hair over, you know, coordinating with our team, but right. uh, this, is a, this is a huge change for LinkedIn as well because the signal that that's sending to LinkedIn as well is saying, look, to those of you who are time compressed, to those of you who are like, you know, Anish, I, everything you're saying makes good. How the heck am I going to reinvent my brand when I'm, I need to spend time with my family in 40 hours a week? Understand what LinkedIn is telling you is that, look, A, a sales, nav, a sales navigator uh, uh, subscription is probably the best investment you can make, even if you don't do anything aside with it, aside from some networking, because it sends a signal to LinkedIn that you you are ready to sustain higher levels of volume, higher levels of traction. So it's, it's a way to get on LinkedIn's good side. And then the other thing is uh, to understand that these types of solutions, right, allow right. you to offset all of the stuff, essentially, get the brand ready. Get the positioning ready. Have an idea for how you're going to handle these calls, right? Uh, but then let the machines take care of the call setups. Let it take care of the meetings. Let it take care of some of the, the follow-ups and stuff like that so that what you're focused on is, look, I don't have an extra 20 hours. I'm not asking you for 20 hours. I'm asking right. you for four calls, right? I'm asking you for four conversations with people that you really respect in a very outcomes-driven way and to see what happens. But I'll promise you, you do this this way, you handle it like a real expert here, as, as a real partner here, you're gonna have a true, true new relationship there. And that's the part, I gotta tell you, Alexander, from all of this stuff, mm -hmm. um, that's the part that it, it's still, I'm still very much a student in, which is that, you know, I grew up in a household that wasn't very communicative, so as I became an adult, you know, trust for me and other people and trust to say, okay, I really can collaborate and I can allow some of the big decisions in my life to, 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 to come from those I meet. That took a long time. But, you know, uh, the more I, I've been on this path, the more I sort of let the people I meet not just inform the work or the opportunities, but the people I've known have helped me figure out how to be a better dad. They figured, they've helped me figure out how to invest, which is not that I had any uh, knowledge in. They, 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 they uh, helped me figure out what activities uh, my son, uh, Mickey, might deal with and even how to handle his anxiety issues. These are, these are, this is what happens when you bring your full humanity um, nice. to, this, to this zone, you know? And I'm telling you, the, the skills, the competitive drifting, the brand, these things, uh, you, if, if, if they are infused with something real and if they are infused with something that you care about, that is always going to win the day. And, you, and you'll win the day having doing like 20% of what we're talking about here, you know, um, if you have that core, if you're, if you're really serious about it. Ultimately, nothing is as influenceable as, you know, passion and purpose, you know, that right. it, it, it rings out. Like from a thousand people, I can see the one because of that, you know. And so if you're if you're being driven by this, it's very likely that what's really driving you is actually not like the role probably is a representation for this, right? So what I would also say is really place the focus back where it belongs, right? Put it back right. on the ultimate mission, the life you're trying to build, the thing with your wife, the thing with your husband, whatever that is, right? Make it overtly about that. And I can almost guarantee you just making that change, preparing in that way is going to allow you to have a stronger frame when you come into those conversations and, and, and do a little bit more with it.
Yeah, I totally agree. Especially that part. I really like that part. Uh, put the focus where it belongs. I'll try to replicate that on my own. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> as well. So do you have any final thoughts for our listeners today? Um, yeah, I, I would say the, the final thought I would have is, is just to remind everyone listening that it's going to be okay and you're going to be just fine. Um, the uh, I've worked with a lot of people and look, I've worked with some a handful of real disasters and uh, uh it happens and uh and, I, and i'll tell you those people are not listening to podcasts like this those people are not taking notes and questioning those people do not maybe have their linkedin profile up now and maybe tearing their hair out saying that this thing sucks uh they're not doing that you know um they're doing everything possible to avoid looking at these questions and um the only reason I'm doing what I what I what I'm doing is not because I was a great coach. My clients told me that I was a coach, but I was just willing to stay in the problem and I was willing to care enough to just to to invest the time and energy to see what I could do, you know? And uh it really for if you're here and you're taking this stuff seriously, you already have 98% of what you need to be successful at that level. So everything we're talking about like truly depersonalize it and understand that it's like the difference between whether you drive an SUV or a sedan or a van to your destination. It's like, it's still you, you know, and you're still the magic in all of this. You're still the crazy freaking amazing soul and spirit that cares enough and has this fire in you. So please don't doubt and, and don't fall for the trap of thinking there's probably a million other people who are doing what I'm doing. No, no, no. There's maybe a million other people who might want what you want, but right. there's very few people who are doing what you're doing right now, you know, and that, you know, that deserves to be acknowledged, I think. Right, right. Totally agree. <clears throat> well, thank you so much, Anish, for joining us today. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, we'll be having another webinar soon on the oh, March yes. <laughs> 16th. Be sure to join it. Uh, it's called How to Conduct a Cover to a Job Search, Land the Offer Without Getting Burned in the Process. So mm -hmm. make sure to go to ivyexact.com and register for the webinar to get a lot of informative details. Uh, make sure to follow Anish on LinkedIn. Just type uh, Anish Majumdar in your search bar. Follow him on helloanish.com for more gems like these. Hopefully, Anish will see you back. I was Alexander. You were listening to iExec Insights, and you can follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.